something that's just so close to my heart, prophecy. But I, I'm going to talk about prophecy, but I'm going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. And I just want to share a few truths, and I want to make this as practical as possible. I want to share my heart about the gifts of the Spirit. I had a, a Lord, I was, we were going to a church in Auckland this week, and I, I prayed about it. And what I share, and I had that saying, John Wimber, who was the founder of the, the Vineyard Movement, had a saying, everyone plays. And what he meant by that is everyone can move and flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I went with this to the church in uh, Auckland, we shared that. Um, and this is what I wanted to do today. I'm wanting to encourage the gifts that we operate in them all the time. I've got to the stage that wherever I'm going to be, like sometimes I don't speak in church and that's fine by me, but I'm still going to play. And I will just sit in church and I'll just look at someone and I will just tune into the Lord and just ask something. And, and it often comes to me just a thought or impression, it's so bad sometimes, and I think, oh, is it God or not God, you all that. And then, but I just step out and I, I will just do that. I will. You have a whole lot of opportunities. You don't have to be up the front necessarily to do it, but you can just be doing it in your life. And uh, so everywhere I go, I try to bring and flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're really loving the stage of life. We're no longer responsible for running a church. Hallelujah. Uh, we can do the fun things. We bring parents. We, we play with the kids. We, we say, bless them, and then we go. So I'm, I can say a whole lot of things and just walk out of here. So... Um, I just want to talk about, firstly, some mindsets. We've got to remove some mindsets about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to read a scripture in 1 Corinthians 1, um, 4. You know, we, the, the church of Corinth gets a bad rap. It's a church that had problems. They were drunk at communion. They, there was a, uh, immorality. There was relationship divisions. And we often think it's a negative church. It's a church that Paul had to correct. But we forget that Paul said something absolutely profound about them. In 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all speech and in all knowledge, so that you came short. You did not come short in any gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said you never came short in any gift. Hold that in your mind. Second Corinthians 8, 7, which he says a similar thing, but as you abound in everything in faith and speech and knowledge, it's talking about gifts, gifts of operating in faith and, and talking gifts and knowledge gifts, in all diligence you love for us, see that you abound. He uses the word enriched. The word enriched means very, very rich. Uh, we would use a term, a human term, filthy rich. God is absolutely rich. And, and it says in uh, Ephesians 2, he's rich in mercy. He's rich in everything. And he's rich in, and he said, you're going to be, this church was rich in gifts. And the gifts were so abundant in this church. They had so many people wanting to prophesy, so many people bringing words of knowledge, so many people bringing gifts of healing. Paul had to correct them and said, look guys, you've got to serve us, but sometimes you have to teach and sometimes you have to have order. He didn't do it to constrain them. He said, 
you just have to let them flow. I have never had this problem where so many people wanted to prophesy, so many people had words of knowledge that I have to put restraint on people, okay? I have not been in a church like it. I have not seen a church, I don't think, like this church at Corinth, where everyone came, I call it coming to church preloaded. You know, you go to parties and you preload with drinks. Um, I come to church preloaded in my spirit that you come and they wanted to give something. And, and it was just a wild chaos. I was thinking about John Wimber also, and John Wimber was the founder of the movement. I watched some of his early clips, and it was wild, his meetings. We've got to get a bit of wildness back into the church again. I think we become too conformed and ordered. What I notice also in the churches, we tend to, because we're moving in gifts as, as a risk thing and, a, and it's an awkward thing, what we tend to do in churches, we, we come to order. We like churches of excellence, churches of good teaching, churches of testimonies, which is good, I'm all for it. But when it comes to gifts, we're almost a bit frightened because we don't know what will happen. Someone might cry, someone might hit the floor, someone might get healed. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we, we, it's, it's a risky thing, so we've got to bring a bit of wildness back. Okay, we, the second thing I want to say, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Someone said a statement, our desire for gifts has to be stronger than our excuses, otherwise we will go to the level of our excuses. Our desire's got to be greater than our excuses, because we will go to the level of our excuses. And there's always an excuse why you don't move in a gift. I don't feel like it today. I am tired. <laughs> I'm not spiritual enough. I don't want to be foolish. Get over it. You're going to be foolish in a wonderful way. I, every time I get up to prophesy, so I feel like I'm on the verge of a miracle or the edge of disaster. Sometimes I think, wow, what am I doing here? And uh, you may be foolish. You may get it wrong. Yep, we may get it wrong, but you may get it right. There's something about the word is important, but the gifts are so important. I went and spoke at Ashburton recently, and um, I thought I had a really good message that I preached there. But I gave a few words to people, and I gave a word to people. I couldn't remember all the details of it. And sometimes when you give words, you just get no feedback. You never know whether... Anything's hitting home, and I just live with that. I call a lot of times people have some souls inside. They're flipping out in amazement, but they don't show it. <laughs> we come to church like that. We might be flipping out inside. We need to show it. But he didn't, he didn't say anything. And I gave a word, and I was talking to the pastor, and he said to me, he just come to this church, but he said that word so impacted his life that it changed his life. Something, and I can't even remember what I said. You see, the power of the gifts to touch people's lives, it's, it's phenomenal. The Word touches people's lives, I'm all for the Word, but we've got to flow in gifts because it does another dimension. I prayed for a couple, I just called them out in the church up in uh, Auckland, and uh, an older couple, and I just prophesied over them that they had like a Caleb spirit there. They, they, they're going to 
being young and they're going to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of life. And it wasn't new to them, but it, but it was just them and everyone saw that was them and they were so encouraged that God saw them this way. And they were just so blessed. But you see, it's that power of the gifts. Okay, the next thing, we've got the excuses. Another thing I have found that really, really ha- helped me, um, I'll, I'll just go to, um, no, I'll just go to this next point. We can move in all the gifts, but we will tend to be strong in all of them. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That sometimes we can we can move in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit potentially, and I have probably moved in all of them. But you will find as you go along that you will be strong in one or two of them. And um, this has been my experience. We can all prophesy that not all of us can be prophetic ministries. Prophecy is a strong gift for me, but healing is not so strong. Other gifts are not so strong too. But you've got to do the stuff. You've got to practice the stuff to learn that you can start understanding that. Another truth that has helped me immensely, I think it was Andrew Womack I got this truth from, God is always on, but we are not always on. What does he mean that... um, what, what sometimes think is we have to, to, be, to move in the gifts, we've got to have an atmosphere, we think. You know, the, the, the worship's got to be phenomenal, the service, the presence. And I know there's a presence of God when we have that, and it's easier to move in the gifts of the Spirit. But I can move in the gifts of the Spirit away from the service. Actually, I get words from people in, in cafes, and God seems to love cafes. God's into coffee, okay? <laughs> he really loves coffee. And he loves being in cafes, and this is meeting places for people, and I've given words to people. I often meet with people, and I'll chat, and then I'll give a word. It, I don't need to have some atmosphere or stirring or great feeling. And this is the problem in the, in the early days of Pentecost, they said the Spirit came and it went. Now people would get up and prophesy and then they stop and say, oh, the Spirit's moved. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that teaching. I feel that we, God is always on. He's always ready to move and gifts. He's always ready. But it's our kind of indifference or our switching off or... Or our human limitations, because I believe I can pray for people, I can prophesy for a long time, but after a while you're tired, my capacity, but it's not God stopping me. I can teach for long periods of time with people if I had to, but I can't do it because of the time. But it's not the stopping of God. I just that really, really helped me to know, and I always think in my head I can be on, I can switch my mind to be on like God is on. Okay, um, just a couple more things and then we'll, um, it's, I'll just bring a point, I want to launch, talk about launching into prophecy, I'll come back to it, just go further, it's easy to flow when we are full of the Holy Spirit. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 talks about, um, he talks about his own journey of praying in tongues, he said I speak in tongues more than you all, that's a spiritual language that we haven't learnt. He says, I speak in tongues more than you all, but I wish that you would prophesy. There is a, there is a flowing 
out of, um, how to describe it, out of praying in the Spirit. I never prayed a lot in the Spirit, but in the last 14, 15 years, I pray a lot in tongues. And you can do it very easily, you can do it under your breath, you, you can do it quietly. Where Brother Ron and me have just got into praying in the Spirit, and I end up often praying out in the Spirit. And it really helps to release the Holy Spirit. It's almost as a talk, you come to church preloaded, you come loaded with some drinks. And uh, so when I pray a lot like this, it's not hard for me to just move into ministry mode. Because often I think we're dry and we're empty, and it's just a, a lot easier. Okay, I just want to talk about prophecy now. What is prophesying? It's to speak for God or speaking on behalf of God. In a sense, in a general sense, we can all prophesy when we share the gospel. We're speaking on behalf of God about salvation. But in this is a gift where God speaks through you, through your voice, through who you are, your personality, and speaking for another. It's the way he, God prophesies it. So, and one of the ways to do it is to learn to hear how God speaks to us. I've always been fascinated with the voice of God. Is the voice of God, you know, when I first came into thinking about the voice of God, this is a booming voice, you know, God's like some audible voice speaking to me from heaven like this. I have not found it like that. Actually, I have found that the voice of God is like my thoughts. Let me put it quite honestly. It sounds like my thoughts in many ways. The voice of Satan sounds like my thoughts. That's why we get confused. We get these condemning thoughts and think it's us. Because it sounds like us. And so for me, I get how prophecy works in me. I, it's the way I hear. I just get a thought, or I get an impression, or I get a scripture. Or I sometimes get a feeling. I get a, I, I, get, I just see someone and I feel something for them. I just, I feel need to pray for them. Sometimes I get a feeling I should pray for someone. I come over and say, I've got a word for you. And I actually haven't got a word. I'm just stepping right out. And I get there. And um, I often thought, well, what will happen if nothing happens? I just say, be warm, be filled, go in peace. Have a wonderful life. <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> So if it happens today, I'll, I'll just say have a wonderful life. <laughs> when you, it's this whole risk thing. And I've always thought, doesn't ever get easy. People think it's easy. It's not easy. I don't find it easy. I, I get a thought or I get an impression and in my mind I say, no, I don't think that can be right for that person. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do a fool. Um, it's annoying when my wife says to me, Phil, have you got some words? And I say, no, I don't. I just want to chill out. <laughs> and then that uh, and, uh, and stirs me up. And I think, oh, Lord. And um, so, it, it, but I want to encourage you to practice learning. And we can make mistakes or the word may not be totally correct. Or, but if it's done in love, if it's done in encouragement, it, it, you know what I mean? I, I would rather do it and be wrong and not do it at all. Someone said that when we get a prophecy, it is actually, we, we, if we don't bring it, we have denied, give, 
God's gift to that person. They put in a new life. We have denied a gift to a person because we shut our mouth. We didn't say anything. What I also say is it's quite helpful is can I just encourage you with something? Um, and that's just and that's how it should work. We should do things to encourage. Um, it's interesting, as I was saying about Caribbeans, when we were in Romanti, um, we, we had a cafe near the church and I would get to know some of the people working there. But they knew you were a minister, it's always hard when you're a pastor. You start talking about God and people sort of switch off and they have all sorts of ideas. And I thought one day I'm going to just prophesy into your life and say something. And um, while she was sort of serving coffee, kind of just encouraging with something. And in those moments, you're going to be quite fast because you think, man, what's he going to say? And, um, and I, I just said to her, I just feel like you work in a cafe, but one day you're going to own a cafe. And she, she was stunned. She just, and tears came up her, to her eyes. And I said, oh, gosh. <laughs> and she said, oh, this is, she thought it. She said, this is a holy moment. I feel I felt very overwhelmed and she obviously had to serve customers and stuff going on so she probably had to get back to it. She didn't come to the Lord but I took it a step further because I risked that I, I felt it touched her life um, and I'm prepared to take that risk and, and do that. And um, so I just thought what I might do is um, let's have a little bit of a practice and um, Another thing, how, how, do I, how do I say it? Um, I find I get the thoughts come. What I do is I step out into the thoughts and then I step out into what I call a prophetic flow. I find I, one word leads to a number of words, but I just generally get um, the one word to begin with that starts me on the prophetic flow. I have also in my mind, when I come to church or when I come to a place, it's, it's generally a mindset about us prophesying. And I use the scripture in Romans uh, chapter 8, that the mindset on the spirit is life and peace in the mind. So I, what I do is in my mind, I switch on my mind. I just, in my attitude, my mind, I don't care how tired I am, I, I don't care that, you know, all the other things that come against you, I am going to play. I'm going to prophesy. And uh, that is a key of you just switching into God. Because I think we come to church brain dead some of the time. We come, our minds are completely in a mush. And, I mean, we just, we're not thinking but if we just come and just say, hey, can I? I'll just look at that. If I'm in the service, look at someone. Look, can I think about that? And one of the wonderful things, because I'm pastoral as well, I prophesy that I talk to people pastorally, and, and I end up sometimes teaching and sharing. So there's a whole lot of things you can actually be doing in the service. You can bless someone with a gift, but you can also talk and bless. So, so that's how it kind of operates. Um, with me and um, can I just have a, a little bit of a practice now and um, what I might do is I will bring a word but when I bring a word 
I want to just encourage you, not to switch off, but actually, when I'm bringing the word, can you just um, think of something that you could bless that person with, that God might be speaking to you? Um, also, when, you, when I bring a word, I've heard words and I thought, well, I would have loved that word. <laughs> That's for me. <laughs> I take that, you know, take the word. I, it, it could be God speaking to a number of people at the time. So I'm just going to have a little practice now, and um, and we'll see how all this goes. Okay, <laughs> the whole risk thing, thing comes in. Can I um, 